Good morning. morning. Do me a favor. Everybody stand up, please. Shake hands with somebody around you. Would you do that? We don't do this anymore. I know it's a little uncomfortable. Say good morning. Give somebody a hug. You know, Jake, you got to move, man. You got to move. There you go. Good job. Online, shake hands with somebody around you. All right, enough of that. Go back to your seats. We're glad you're here. <clears throat> you know, I don't know about any of this. Is anyone else like me? You just don't sleep a whole lot at night. Anybody else in that ball game right now? I don't sleep much at all. I sleep a couple hours a night. That's just kind of how it works for me. I woke up around 2 o'clock this morning, and I went into my office this morning, and I swear I could see my breath when I walked in and I sat down. I mean, it was that cold in our house, and I'm just thinking, I love this time of year. I hate the the hot, hot kind of days. I love this cold, brisk kind of weather. So welcome fall, welcome October, welcome to the sweaters and the flannel and the boots. I love it. So yeah, some of the rest of you, I don't know, do whatever you want to do. Now, let's talk this morning. This is a really tough question this morning. And it's this, just think to yourself, what is the biggest mess up that you have ever done in your life? Hold, don't, don't answer that out loud. Just think about that for a minute. What's the biggest mess up that you have ever done in your life? All of us have something. All of us have multiple somethings. And I know nobody plans to mess up their lives Nobody says my five-year goal is to really screw up my whole life, but the truth is people mess up all the time. And when they do, other people look at them and they kind of summarize what might have taken months or years or decades to get to the point where you finally ruin things or you feel like you've ruined things in your life. And they look at us and they say, you know, summarize somebody's entire life in one sentence like, well, his sex addiction was out of control and his wife left him. Like just one observation in a history of challenges and struggles and wins and losses in that person's life. Or man, she started using again and and she lost her job and eventually lost her marriage. Listen, that didn't happen overnight. That wasn't a one-time choice or a one-time decision. That's somebody's entire existence that goes in to that point in time in their lives where he's always battled with his weight and ended up dying in his mid-50s of a heart attack. Do you think that happened just all of a sudden? Or do you think it was a history of bad choices, bad decisions, bad habits in that person's life? Nobody plans to mess up our lives, but it's short-sighted to look at people and say, well, one sentence summarizes them, because it just doesn't. It it doesn't. It's, It's like, well, they had one bad day, and now their life is ruined forever. It's so much deeper than that. Really think about this. People don't end up in a bad place all at once, right? I mean, you don't end up in a really, really bad spot in life just overnight. How do people mess up their lives? They do one bad decision. They do one wrong step. 
They do one harmful habit at a time, one bad decision, one wrong step, one bad habit at a time. And there are all kinds of examples in your world, in your life, in your friendships, in your families, and there are all kinds of examples in the Bible as well. We're going to look at one guy that had everything going for him. When I say this, you're going to know who it is. He had incredible strength. He had incredible potential. He had incredible hair, which I'm really jealous about, by the way. You know, he ended up losing it all. Greg Dodge taught on this this summer uh, in our summer series, did an amazing job. He went in depth. We're just hitting a highlight here. Uh, And you look at, at, at Samson, this guy named Samson, and he lost it all. He lost that really great hair. He, he, he lost his strength, he lost his sight, and he even lost his life. Everything came tumbling down. Now, when I read Samson's story, I always think, how does that happen? I mean, somebody that has it all, right? I mean, he absolutely has it all. So much potential, so much upside, they end up broken, living a life that's just completely devastated. And the answer is, how did that happen? Was it didn't happen all at once. It just didn't. He, he did one bad decision, one wrong step, one harmful habit at a time. And to be specific, it was probably a lot of steps in the wrong direction. It was a lot of unhelpful, unhealthy decisions and unhealthy habits that led him to where he got to. Judges 16.1 says this, One day Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. He went in to spend the night with her. Now, there are lots of bad decisions in that one scripture, right? One day he made a bad decision that led to another bad decision that led to bad habits that led to a life of destruction. It wasn't one bad choice. Samson was born in Zorah, which is close to Israel on the map, and he was an Israelite warrior. He was a judge. He was a Nazarite, which meant that he was dedicated from the time that he was born to hold up to these vows. No alcohol, he would never cut his hair, he'd never touch a dead body and some other things. And because of those vows, God had blessed him with incredible strength. I mean, we're talking incredible strength. Not just like a strongman competition, we're talking, you know, like Hercules you would think of in in kind of the the culture that we're in. And he used to, to battle and destroy his enemies, who were the Philistines. Now, it wasn't just one-on-one competition or, or battles. It was one-on-ten and one-on-twenty and one-on-thirty and one-on-a-hundred. I mean, that's how strong he was. And so at this point, he decided to go to, to, to Gaza, which is a Philistine city. He's from here, from Jerusalem. He goes to a Philistine city, which is where he was on the top ten most wanted list. Right? I, I mean, he's hated there. He just is. And he goes to see a prostitute. Bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. So how does somebody with so much potential end up in enemy territory where he was public enemy number one? And how does somebody with so much going for them allow their life to unravel and get to this point? What is it? Tell me. One bad decision at a time. How does somebody with so much talent that God is obviously doing incredible things in his life end up so far from home and he risks everything for a night of pleasure, 
for one opportunity. He did it just like we do. I mean, he did. He's just like us. One step at a time. It was 25 miles from Zora to Gaza, which comes down to be about 56,250 steps. Hold on to that number because it's important. 56,250 steps. No one plans to mess up their life. No one plans to live paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, year after year after year, struggling just to stay alive financially. None of us plan to do that. No one dreams of doing a job that you absolutely hate. Getting up day after day after day, going into a workplace that you can't stand, that causes you to be more and more depressed. Nobody plans to do that. No one plans to have Christmas without their kids. But sadly, it happens all the time. And honestly, it doesn't have to. That's why we're doing this teaching series called The Power to Change, based on Craig Groeschel's book. Because it's so, so important. Now, in the first week, we started with our spiritual who. Who do you want to become? Who is it that God's calling you to be? And how do we actually change? And Groeschel says this, real and lasting change isn't behavior modification, but spiritual transformation. It's bigger than just a behavioral change. If we just change the behavior without changing our hearts, what happens? You fall back into the same habits. You fall back into the same things that were causing you to be destroyed before. And how many of you have changed something for a little bit, but you didn't change it from a spiritual perspective, and you fell right back in to the same challenges and habits and hang-ups and hurts that you were with before? Every single one of us. That, that, that's how we live. Every single one of us. Then, then we talk not just about our spiritual who, but our spiritual why. In other words, we, we don't want to just look good physically. We actually want to honor God because our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So it's not just changing our, our physical, but it's changing spiritually for a reason because God created us and loved us and gave us this body, so we should take care of it. We also, it's like we want to honor God by, by being good with our finances. And so when we're upside down financially, we have to have a spiritual why to change. So it's not just to become better financially, but it's to become prosperous financially so we can help the people around us, so we can give to those things in need. Because when we're generous, it changes who we are. It just does. When you're a generous person, people can see it. And God knows that. And then we talked about not just our spiritual who, our spiritual why, uh, again, looking good. And then it's our spiritual what. We talked about our habits, and the key question last week was this. Based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to start? That was all last week. And today we're going to look at our spiritual what not. And our question for today is really, really important. Based on who you want to become, what one habit do you need to break? What one habit in your life is stopping you from becoming more of who God wants you to be? What one habit is doing to that? Think about it. Think about that habit in your mind. What habit is it in your life that's stopping you from being everything God wants you to be? We all have one. What is it for you? The habit that's been haunting you, that you've tried to stop, but you just haven't been able to stop. 
that you want to stop but you can't stop. Based on who you want to become, what habit do you need to break? Think about it. How do you do it? How do you break the habit that you need to break? How do you break the habit that's been breaking you? James 1.21 says this, So get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God, accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which is able to save you. That's an important scripture. How do you break the habit? You get rid of it. You don't do it on your own. You submit to God and his authority and his word and his presence and his power. We submit to God and we accept the word, the scripture says, that's planted in our hearts, which is able to save us. We get rid of everything that's not pleasing to God. Everything that's not pleasing to God. I want you to be specific about this. I mean, be specific in your life based on who you want to become. What one habit do you need to break? Focus on it. Define it. Why does it matter? Because you can't defeat what you can't define. You have to define what the habit is that keeps holding you back. Now, based on a lot of people I talk to, there are some common habits that maybe you want to put on your list and look at in your own life. Maybe for you, it's your diet. What you want to eat or what you don't want to eat. You might want to say, I want to eat less cake. It's a valid thing to define, right? That's specific. Or maybe you want to say, I want to cut down on the carbs. Or no more fast food. Those are definitions of what you need to do. Those are plans. For you, maybe it's something digital. I mean, maybe you don't want to play video games every day for like 10 hours a day. You know, maybe you want to get that out of your life so you can do something more valuable because your purpose is bigger than that. They're okay on a short-term basis, but if it's taking all your time, it's a habit you need to change. Maybe you might have an addiction, and you need to get that out of your life because it's poisoning you, and it's poisoning your relationships. Maybe it's a substance issue in your life. Maybe you're abusing prescription medication, or maybe you're trying to quit smoking. Or maybe you're trying to quit drinking, and you think, oh, it's not a big deal. I mean, it really isn't. Don't miss this. If one or two people in your life that love you come to you and say, you might want to think about changing this in your life because it's really controlling you, don't ignore that. Think how much courage it took for somebody to come to you and tell you that in the first place. And when they tell you something like that, step back and take a good, hard look at yourself. Maybe for you, something that needs to change isn't even visible, right? I mean, people don't even see it on the outside, but it's very real on the inside of you. Maybe it's your attitude. Anybody in here with a bad attitude? Don't raise your hand. I know who you are. We've got some, right? Your bad attitude, it's robbing you from the life and the joy that God wants you to have. Maybe it's that critical spirit And you think, I know, you think, because you're critical, you think you just have the the gift uh, of of criticism. That's what you think. God just gave me this gift of criticism, and so I'm going to use it. No, he didn't. All right, he, he just didn't. That's not a gift that God gives, and it's not something you need to use. You've been here, and already you have 15 things that you don't like about today's message or today's worship or the person sitting next to you because you're critical of everything. 
Maybe you just have this complaining attitude inside of you. Nothing's good enough for you. You're just always complaining. Listen, you need to, based on who you want to become, you need to look at that and think, what one habit do I need to break to become the person that God wants me to be, to become the person that my spouse needs me to be, to be the person that your friends want you to be and needs you to be. Last week, I told you one of my habits that needed to change was diet Mountain Dew. And drinking 10, 20-ounce bottles a day kind of deal. You know, it just kind of morphed into that over the last several months and maybe even several years. But, but, but just looking at that and trying to stay away from the diet do this past week since I told you that has been a challenge. I mean, we're talking shakes, literal shakes. We're talking drinking so much water I thought I was going to explode with water. Right, water, tea, coffee, anything but, but, but diet do. I, I even went to a restaurant this week and somebody from church saw me and because you all are holding me accountable, thank you very much for that, they had the waitress take the, the soda off my table. <laughs> they paid for it and they brought me water instead. Thank you very much. Hold me accountable. I love it. You know, I need that at times. I look at things like that and I think, why is it that good habits are really difficult to start? You know, why is it that bad habits are really difficult to break? Why is that? I think it's because in, in a good habit, when it's tough to start, the pain is now and the payoff is later. I mean, think about that. You want to start something good it begins by re- being really difficult right now, right? I, I mean, let's, let's just say you decide to start running. All right, some of you maybe not, but some of you maybe, right? You decide to start running, and so what do you do? Well, you know that if you're going to start a habit, you've got to look good if it's ever going to be good in your life, right, if you're ever going to do it. So you go to the store, you buy new Hoka tennis shoes, and you, you buy the cool Nike shorts, and you got the cool outfit going on because looking good is as important as being good. And so you got that done, and then, and then you get up in the morning, and you think, I'm going to run today. And you walk out the door, and it's cold Like this morning, it's cold. And then you start jogging, and your feet hurt, and your legs hurt. And then you jump on the scale at the end of the week, and you haven't lost anything. And you're thinking, the pain is now, the payoff's later, right? Like, how many weeks do you have to run before, first of all, you stop looking good because your clothes are now all sweaty? Secondly, how many weeks do you have to run before you get a little more endurance into your body, which takes a lot of pain to get to? Thirdly, how many weeks do you have to start running before the pain in your legs and your feet goes away? And how many weeks do you have to start running before you see anything on a scale? I don't know. But the pain is now. The payoff is later. Why are bad habits so difficult to break? Because with bad habits, the payoff is now and the pain comes later. I mean, it's the instant gratification with the bad habit, right? That's why we get into those. I did a birthday party. We had a birthday party at our house for one of our friends, Mandy Kylander. And uh, I went to the Nothing Bunt Cakes store. Have you been to this place? It's up by the new Kroger, Nothing Bunt Cakes. I'd never been in. 
because I wasn't eating cake for a few years, and so I hadn't been in. And, uh, and I walked in, and I said, this is my first time. What kind of cake should I get for an adult birthday party? And this teenager said, oh, my goodness. I mean, she was pretty excited. The red velvet cake with the cream cheese icing, that's our top seller. And it's so good. That's the one you want to buy. She said, it's so good. And then she said, what size? I didn't know cakes came in sizes. I said, I guess a large. She said, okay, that'll be $50. And I'm like, I'm not so sure I like Mandy enough to spend $50 on a... Just kidding, Mandy, we love you. It was well worth it, maybe. Anyway, so we get home... Everybody, I mean, the cake is like this, big around. Everybody has a slice. And then there were like 38 slices left. I'm not lying. I had like 38 slices left. Joellen and her mom, they went to Indiana where her mom lives the next morning. Joellen's brother and his wife going back to Texas the next day. The Kylanders leave her house. Kids aren't around. So I'm left alone in a house with 38 pieces of red velvet cream cheese icing cake, 38 slices of it. Did I tell you it's their number one seller? (laughs) For a reason, I had a piece for breakfast. I had a piece after my lunch the next day. I had a piece as my dinner that same day. I had a piece as my bedtime snack that night. Just being honest, I'm not sure why I'm telling you this, but I'm telling you, after two days... I still had like this much cake left. I had to force myself to throw it in the trash can. I had to force myself, and not just to throw it in the trash can, but to take, we have four dogs, to take some paper towels that I had cleaned up some dog mess with and grind that into the cake so that I wouldn't pull it out of the trash and eat it again. Some of you all have been there. I know you have. You know, you, you, you know. You know how that, how that happens. And I would have shared it with you, but I didn't want you to get into a bad habit. And so, you know, just kind of the way it was. Listen, for most of us, we don't ruin our lives all at once. We ruin our lives one bad habit, one bad decision at a time. So based on who you want to become, What one bad habit do you need to break? I mean, to start habits, we need these cues, right, to kind of get us off on these habits. And I talked about our our giant schnauzer, our 100-pound giant schnauzer. Her cue for a walk is when I put the harness on her. I mean, she's jumping up and down. She's dancing around. I put the harness on her. She's ready to go. And I told you I got distracted, and she took herself for a walk because that's her cue. Remove the cue. Remove the habit. Proverbs 4, 14 says this, Do not set foot on the path of the wicked, or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. Don't even get close to what can harm you, to what's going to destroy you, what's going to destroy you and your relationship with God. Don't set foot on the path of the wicked, or walk in the way of evildoers. Solomon says, avoid it. Stay away from it completely. Remove the cue. The first thing that triggers your your habit is the cue. You see donuts, what happens? 
For me, I crave donuts. You see donuts, you crave donuts. You eat a donut, you get a sugar high, and then you get this habit loop that happens in your life. There's always a cue. If you want to break a bad habit, remove the cue. If you want to stop what you're doing, remove the cue that leads you down that path. Here are some of the most common cues. Are you ready? First of all, are places. Places. Certain places that will trigger you to do wrong things. If you want to change your eating and not overeat, don't go to the donut store. Don't go to the all-you-can-eat buffet. Why? That's your cue to eat everything that you don't need to be eating. If you want to change the cue of the place, I don't know, go to a gym. You're not going to get fat at least going to the gym. You may not work out, talk to somebody. You're going to be out of the environment that might lead you down the wrong path. I mean, for you, maybe you're trying not to do drugs. You want to stay away from the parties. Why? Because the parties are where the drugs are. Stay away from the street corners where you used to buy. Why? Because that's where the drugs are. You stay away from the places. Think about Samson. He didn't sleep with a prostitute in his own hometown. He took 56,250 steps away from where he was to go into enemy territory to do something wrong. If there are certain places that are your cues, don't go there. It's not worth it. Stay away. Maybe it's moments for you. You know, maybe it's a moment. Maybe when you're lonely late at night or when you're tired, there are certain moments that you're just more vulnerable. You know, maybe you do the same thing in certain types of moments, like after a fight with your spouse and you're feeling really kind of angry and, and you're feeling really kind of lonely and, and like you need someone and you reach out to a friend of the opposite sex because they understand you. Let, let me just say this. Stop! And if I could say it any louder, I would. Why? It will never lead to anything good. Whenever you're that open and vulnerable with somebody of the opposite sex, something is always going to happen that needs to be happening with your spouse and that vulnerability and that openness and that closeness always needs to be inside the marriage. Always. And if you're doing it outside of the marriage, stop. Because you'll end up in a place with a bad habit, with something happening that you don't want to be a part of. Or maybe it's, I don't know, you, you go to, to a tailgate party for the Bengals game and you go to the same tailgates every time and you and all your buddies are getting drunk together and alcohol is a, certainly an issue for you. And you're like, I don't want you to stop supporting the Bengals. Well, maybe I do. But, you know, that's, that's not the point of that. The point is to stay out of an environment where there's something that's going to tempt you to go down a wrong path, to start a wrong habit. Maybe for you, it's, it's in your school right now. Maybe you're a high school or a college student, whatever, and you flunk a test and you just eat because that's your emotional support system. You need to stay out of that. Or maybe you pass a test and to celebrate, you just eat. There are certain moments where you tend to do the same things over and over and over again. Or maybe for you, the cue is people. You do know that the people you hang out with, influencing, they influence you more than anyone else, right? Or anything else. That was true as a teenager, and it's true as a college student, and it's true as an adult, no matter what your age is. 
the people you hang out with are the people that influence you. And I know we like to say, I'm going to influence everybody around me. But what tends to happen is we tend to get influenced instead of influencing. Choose your friends wisely. Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. And if you keep finding yourself in these bad scenarios, these bad situations, and I know this is tough, maybe you need to find a few new friends that aren't going to drag you down into your old ways. And I know that's not easy because there are people that you love. There are people that you care about. But maybe you need to consider your habits and your hang-ups and your hurts and your bad decisions more than you need to consider them at this moment in your life. Your life today is a reflection of the habits that you've had in your past. Just is. And the habits that you have today will shape who you become tomorrow. The habits that you're stuck in, that you're dealing with, that you haven't been able to overcome, will shape who you will be tomorrow. Nobody plans to ruin their life. Nobody does it all at once. It's always one bad decision, one wrong step, one bad habit at a time. Let me just ask you this question. Do you like the direction your habits are taking you? Do you like the direction your habits are taking you? Samson didn't plan to take all that God had given him and and allow the Philistines to humiliate him and and, and blind him and kill him. He took 56,250 steps in the wrong direction. That's the bad news. Some of us are taking 56,250 steps in the wrong direction. And God is there every step going, hey, I love you, don't go down that path. Hey, I love you, don't go down that path. Hey, I love you, why don't you turn around? Why don't you walk the other way? Why don't you change the direction you're going? God says, don't keep walking the way you're walking because that's not what's best for you. I've got a bigger plan for your life. But here's the good news about Samson. He had 56,250 chances to turn around and walk back to God. And so do you. You're not lost. You're not a hopeless cause. You are somebody that God cares about deeply. You are someone that God says, I see where you are, and I'm here for you, and I want you to turn around. 56,250 chances to walk the other way to walk into good habits, to walk into healthy places, to walk into the person that God wants you to be. Don't walk into the bad habits. We're going to do communion. Shelly's going to come out and lead us into that. We're going to have some prayer people up front in just a minute. And if you need some help, if you need some support, if you need some prayer to kind of look and shift because all of us struggle from day to day with where we are. If you need that, we're here for you. This church loves you. The people of this church love you. And we want to be here to help you turn around and walk in the right direction.